0: another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbour, for their continued support. I'm absolutely delighted to have on the podcast this week David Leggett, uh, ex-managing director and boss of United Auctions in Stirling. Uh, David, welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh,
0: and David, if we can go back to the beginnings with yourself, I believe you're from Dumfriesshire originally. Is that down there in the no, southwest?
1: That's exactly right. I uh, came to Perth. Uh, literally from school, I went to school at a place called Wallace Hall Academy, which um, was one of the few schools in Scotland that actually did agriculture as a an O grade and, and higher subject, so I um, had a very happy time there, and I uh, left school and came right up as a, uh, an office boy, trainee auctioneer, to McDonald Fraser's, which of course was a component part of uh, United Auctions.
0: Yeah, and I believe originally you were, you were considering being a vet, is that right? That's a quite difficult, yeah. difficult place to get into.
1: Yeah, well, I was uh, I was quite keen on that, um, and uh, I had actually um, ha- I was waiting for my exam results when there was an advert appeared for a trainee auctioneer at Perth, and uh, I hadn't had my exam results. I don't think I was that confident uh, in them. So uh, anyway, I applied for the job and I got it. And I said to them, uh, 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 I, was, I said to McDonald Fraser team that. Uh, I had uh, was waiting for exam results, so they said, "Right, well, if they turn out, uh, uh, in, in, if 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 they um, are suiting, you're going on to becoming a, a vet. You know, that's fine. We'll, you just, you'll get the chance to withdraw from the job." But uh, actually, the results were surprisingly good. But the more I thought about it, uh, the more I felt that I wanted to go straight into something rather than six or seven years at um, at, at university. Am um, I right?
0: In, am I right in thinking that when you went to you, uh, you hadn't actually been to a Perth uh, Perth bull sale before then?
1: No, never, never at all. I'd been. I mean, I knew about the sales. Um, I was eighteen at that point. I knew about the sales, and then, of course, you know, some people, including the biggers, for instance, which were, were, were relatively local, and you went up there with bulls, but I'd never actually been there. So it was quite a change for some, a youngster coming from uh, Dumfriesham and mm-hmm. stay in the town get a new job and uh, and start uh, looking stamps and all the other things that you did as an office boy and
0: and because UA had a fantastic history in the cattle business and and we've well, uh, mcdonald fraser should i say before then going back a long way and we've documented a lot of this but when you join them it would still be fairly antiquated i would say at caledonian road compared to, uh, to what it moved on to
1: well it was i mean it was literally before computers i mean computers started um it were introduced not long after i came uh but uh, it was an incredible office i mean it was compared to what we have now it was definitely dickensian with great big um, um great big uh, books and uh, we're all into the the cash books and things like that sale ledgers were, were were kept manually by the most amazingly skilled team of people. I can tell you, they were brilliant at both writing and counting and adding up and things like that. So, yeah, it was actually, um, you know, good grounding because one of the things we did uh, every after every sale was we sent out the invoices and the and the checks. And um you had to address envelopes manually. So the whole lot of us sat round a table and addresses were shouted out. And actually for someone who didn't come from the area it was very useful because you got got to know the addresses and then you put the faces to the, the, the addresses when you met them. So it was actually, well, I didn't think it at the time, it was a very useful exercise.
0: A good geography lesson as well, as you said, and the well, skills, yeah, skills, exactly. of course, are lost a little bit now. Yeah,
1: yeah. one of the very first things I had to do in the morning was go and get 160 cigarettes for for Raleigh, uh his uncle, Mr. Harry Fraser, who at that point was still the chairman and was well into his 80s. I think it was 87 at that point, and Jack Young. And it was a very funny day where you went to Batch along to this paper shop to get more cigarettes because <laughs> cigarettes were a big part of the culture at that time.
0: <laughs> of course, and you mentioned uh, uh, Harry, and, and you're one of the few people that I know that would have been privileged enough to uh, to yeah. have, have met Harry and, and some yeah. character, him and his brother, of course, well, his grandfather, his father, should I say, uh, J.M. Fraser, yeah. started the, the market. Yeah. But Roly would be managing director by the time uh,
1: you, you. Yeah, joined? actually, there were, I think they were joint managing directors. Mr. Harry Fraser died not maybe a year after I. Uh, joined the company, but he certainly was a wonderful character, and he was a very popular individual with with the with clients. So, you know, he um, used to go around the ring and speak to people. You know, even at that stage, that um, and then, of course, his brother uh, Lovett, uh, Ronnie's father, uh, was you know very much into the pedigree side of things and did a lot of the development of the. Um, you know Perth bull sales and built them into something which is quite phenomenal really yeah.
0: of course of course and and, and hey I will maybe go on to your, yourself in a minute but it's similar to them very personal personable person and, and know speak to everybody and know them by name and it's a crucial part of the industry isn't it
1: well it's absolutely is and uh, and I think it's it's key um, and uh, and you know we've got uh, uh, you know you ought to know about cattle or the sheep you're selling, uh, you know, and, and understanding that's important. But actually, the people are absolutely crucial, and and it's also an enjoyable. Well, I always found it an enjoyable part of the, um, the the business to meet up with people from all over. Which uh, and we're lucky, you know, uh, uh, with my you know, time with United Auctions, where we had centres, you know, a good number of centres throughout the country. You, you met people from a huge um, geographical spread, which is always um, exciting
0: course, and, and, and a lot of that would revolve around the old bar in in, uh, in the Caledonian Road there, which, again, was a fantastic place where you could do a lot of socialising in a short space of time. But uh, it's about keeping your wits about you when you're in amongst a lot of people with a lot of drams of whiskey.
1: That's right. Well, it certainly was quite an epic um, uh, bar, and uh, it was sort of very well used uh, throughout the period because the bull sales you go went for probably three for four or five days at that time at a time. So yes, it was very, very well used. Again, it was part of it, but the commercial sales in those days too, I mean, now it was quite a big thing. Whereas now, you know, with uh, driving laws and things like that, there's not there's there's not that. Uh, 35 or thirty years ago, you never believed there wouldn't be bars at markets, but you know, that's the way it is. Yeah.
0: Things have changed, of mm-hmm. course. And, and Time is shorter these days as well. And go on to yourself. Then you started selling sheep. I think with uh, Ian Thompson. Would that be right? yes? I did.
1: Um, I, I I started selling sheep, but because uh, at Perth, you know, as most markets had cab sales and you know, baby calf sales and things like that. We, we didn't really have very many of them. So uh, I was uh, started off selling, uh, and the first batch of sheep I sold was from a place called Etteridge, which is uh, up the A9, and that was uh, the consignment from the Samuel family, which went to Granton and Spray Market. And so that's when I was inflicted upon uh, the, the world uh, with my auctioneering skills. It was a very nerve wracking day, but uh, I had uh, um, a great. I think they made fourteen pounds fifty. Uh, for a good pen of blackface lambs, so uh, uh, but uh, no, it was a very special day, and uh, I worked you know a lot at that point with with, with Ian Thomson and, and and Ian Suter, and uh, a great deal of support, and again met a lot of people and saw a lot of country. Yeah.
0: Sure, and you mentioned you know Grant, um back then, McDonald Fraser would have a, a conglomerate of marts. Then wouldn't he? Aberdeen would be a strong mart, and and Inverness, I mean, there'd be different animals in different areas.
1: Oh yeah, I mean there was well. If you think back, if you read uh, uh, John Thompson's book uh, about the markets of Scotland, I think at one a height at their height there was two hundred and twenty odd markets That's throughout cool. Scotland, Um so so there was markets. You know, literally. I mean. As you- uh, the market system evolved really from the 1850s onwards around the, either the railway or the port system, um, because whereas up to that point the stock had been walked, but uh, once the railways arrived, it was a great boon uh, to the industry. And of course, the market system grew around railway stations. Uh, which um, which uh, was meant like, a lot of the markets were in the middle of town, yeah.
0: of course, yeah and 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 uh, incredible to think now we might have lucky if Scotland would have ten percent of that number, but uh, still yeah. the same amount of stock, but I suppose they're bigger markets and more more efficient these days.
1: yeah well, there's certainly you know, a huge amount of centralization, uh, but they I think the thirty something markets are uh, like a combination of weekly and seasonal markets. Uh, throughout throughout the country, but they've still got a good geographical spread, so that's obviously very important to uh, uh, to keep that to uh, keep that up. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll mention another one of your mentors, of course, would be Jack Young, and uh, you mentioned him just now, and uh, yeah. uh, you'd sell cattle under, cattle with Jack, I guess, would you?
1: Yeah, well, after um, the came there's a uh, a vacancy in the cattle side, and I joined uh, Jack. Uh, I think so cheap for maybe. Two or three years, and then I joined uh, Jack uh, on the cattle side, and uh, very much on then He and I did the, the store cattle, and Perth had a lot of very good breeding cattle sales. So I was involved in that, and then um, uh, I relieved him on the fat cattle sales uh, uh, when he uh, went to the Royal and things like that. So I stood in. But uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was a great. He uh, was a great mentor, and uh, we had. Uh, he was a very good uh, auctioneer, and again, the sort of ethos at Perth was that, uh, or with United Auctions, is that you, you as well as selling the commercials you sold, sort of pedigrees. So you got you got to see both sides, and I think it was actually really important. It helped you sell in the pedigree world actually really understanding what the commercial world was about because. If you don't have the commercial side, then, you know, the pedigree side is not needed. So. Uh,
0: absolutely uh, true there. Of course, it's uh, the, the, the pedigree bull world for all. We look at it with rose-colored glasses at these great high prices. It is about mm-hmm. selling selling bulls to the commercial man, isn't it? And uh, I believe you first sold pedigree stock, I think you told me, at uh, the Royal Ulster show, and that would be pigs.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, The, the company had sold, had been the auctioneers there, I think, since the 20s um and uh, you know harry and i it, fraser went out and then roley and jack and the team and uh, they sold went out twice a year spring and the uh, autumn shores and uh, they they would sell uh, pedigree beef and dairy bulls um and then there was obviously a very big pig sale and of course at that point um uh, the you know, pig industry had changed a lot so i'm speaking about the 80s i suppose i went out and uh, there was still significant sales of landrace and large white and duroc uh, pigs are, are out there. And uh, yeah, so it was a very, very good um, bit of um, country to be out, uh, uh, sort of um, learning the trade, um, because of course, the, in Ireland, there's a different system where, you know, you've got to get uh, the, pig, the pig or the bull up to a certain price before the buyer seller puts it on the market. And so it takes a bit longer. And I remember I got a bit of a row at the first time I went out. Was that instead of doing 20, uh, five, uh, two pigs an hour, I was up to thirty pigs an hour, and it was deemed as going a little quickly, and so I had to slow down a bit. But it was a great education, and you mm. know they were making a lot of money at that point uh, the pigs. So uh, and uh, and they were fantastic. I great, I mean, I have a great um, admiration for the for the Irish and for the skill set in, in livestock production. And they're, they're quite phenomenal and, and incredibly dedicated. And it forged quite a lot of relationships, which, um, you know, some of these people, you know, went into, your know, Cemento's and Charlie's later on. And uh, so in that mm-hmm. early meeting, uh, really, from from that, one um, uh, developed a lot of contacts and and friends, um, and uh, still keep up with some of them yet.
0: Well, one of those, of course, would be Cyril Miller. I remember Cyril selling a pig into was it thirteen or fourteen thousand or something—a lot of money breaking records back then. Absolutely, back in the he was.
1: Uh, that was uh, Jack was in the box uh, at that, 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 that particular day. I wasn't there, so he held that uh, record. But uh, Cyril was quite incredible, uh, stocksman, and uh, then of course he went over to to. to on the Glen Shadley's, and he did extremely well with them as well. But so.
0: mm. okay. so, Still on the go, and of course doing very well with the, with the Texel sheep as well now, and you know, a great, great, great stock family. And let's go on to your first pedigree bull sale, your first Perth bull sale then, and you'd have Rowley and Jack either side of you, I guess, and uh, you'd start with Angus, would you? D- d- um, well, we
1: start actually, I started with a dispersal, and uh, it was a, a Tilly Maud, uh, dispersal of simmantles which uh, belonged to one of the Argo family and that was the first sale that I um, that did so that was grand, we did it in conju- conjunction with um, uh, Mr Thornborough from uh, well, the yeah. Gauthorn fame and, uh, so that was the f- literally the first sale but uh, I can well remember the First sale of bulls, which wasn't long after that, again sort of early eighties, and um, I had Rowley and Jack and Ian Thompson and the Ross from all keeping me right. Um, and uh, the, and uh, the first bull I sold, it wasn't the most successful of my sales because uh, the first bull. Um, so I had one of my bosses telling me. That, uh, Take that. There's a bidder over there, and uh, which I had picked up. But then the other one says, "No, for God's sake, don't take him. He's been in the bar all day." In fact, it was, it was absolutely the last thing this man needed was a bull. So we had to restart the process. So it wasn't the best start, but anyway, we got on a bit better after that.
0: And would they would they put you in as a youngster? Would you just take your turn in the rostrum, or, or would Jack know where the sort of the better bulls were and step back in when the bulls were going to make big prices, or was it just no, a no, as no? It
1: was just it was done. On, on age, on age order, you tended to, um, you know, very often. Rolly, uh kicked off. Jack came in. Um, Ian Thompson, perhaps next and then, uh, very often the younger auctioneer would sell the younger bulls. Which actually was a great time to be in because it was very often there was some pedigree trade going on with the younger bulls. So no, no. There was none of that sort of uh, thing where, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was very much, it was done on the, the, the catalogue. And uh, I always tried, when, sort of when I was involved, I always tried, if we're starting a particular younger auctioneer or a, a new auctioneer to the bull sales, we always tried to pick, you know, a, a bull that we knew would be a saleable bull to start with anyway. There's nothing worse than starting off with something that you are not really much chance of selling.
0: The last time I spoke to you, we were discussing very much the Angus history, and and um, yeah. you you would get into selling Angus, but they'd be hard to sell. Certainly by by the nineties, I mean the numbers yeah. of bulls would dwindle, and it, it's easy to sell good bulls on, on on a on a on a good trade. But uh, some of those Angus would be would be very hard to get rid of back then. Some of especially some well, of those long legged ones.
1: As you know, there was a sort of major change. You know? I mean, I started with uh, the company at Perth in 75 and um, I think from memory that October because um, by that time the the autumn sales were beginning to uh, you know were taking over from the spring sales as as autumn calving became more popular and uh, from memory there was sort of 250-300 Angus bulls and, uh, that's 75 and, um, uh, I think maybe 30 or 40 Shadley's, not any more. And, uh, then, uh, by ten, 10, years later, it had almost just flipped right, right round. And I always felt, uh, well, Rolly, we've mentioned Rolly, you know, earlier, who was a chairman. Uh, at that point he um you know the the last sale, of having conducted some amazing sales of angus bulls through his career you know his his last sale you know it was a very very tough sale you know that were down to 20 odd bulls sold i think and it was really tough but it was after that that it began uh, to build up and um so i was lucky that i was sort of um there at, at the start of th- when things began to improve for the Angus, and uh, um, so we had some f- fantastic days. But some of the early ones, what well, yeah, you're quite right, were pretty tough.
0: <laughs> but you would be stepping into because what had been an amphitheatre back in the, in the sixties where there'd be a thousand bulls and more in, in in those markets and the sale going on for two or three days or a thousand Angus bulls, should I say? And it was. Well, a- I think
1: they had a thousand eighty catalogued in the sixties. Um I think there was a big snowstorm, so a lot of them didn't get there, but that was the biggest number ever catalogued. But you were in the high hundreds. And you also have to remember that we had um you know the the, the company had a very uh, big auction market at Inverness and there was a big sale of Angus bulls there. Um and then um you mentioned Aberdeen earlier we had them uh, we saw pedigree Angus in Aberdeen twice t- twice a year. Uh, plus shotguns, of course, and uh, but there's huge numbers of um, Angus bulls marketed in those days.
0: Mm. And the Charolais came in with, in a great wave, and they said by the time you sort of got to, onto the rostrum, the Charolais would be that's where the buzz would be, wouldn't it? Around about, I remember being at the last mart in, in Caledonian Road, and the buzz about that that sale there with all these Charolais and starting to pick up some good trade.
1: Oh yeah, it was well. I mean, the, the the grew the sales just you know really really grew with Charleys, Sims um, uh, and Limbs, and also what you know some of the Italian breeds that we were selling. But I mean, it was the, these. Um, I mean, it was just such a privilege just to see the cattle, let alone be involved at the wonderful shows of uh, bulls and, and huge classes, you know, and sales that went on to way into the evening you know there were there, there were amazing days and of course the, you know this wait for age was if charlie uh was uh was driven by the commercial guys and jack young used to laugh because he used to criticize or give um, some of the pedigree buyers a bit of a wind up because they would stop at eight thousand for a bull and a commercial man from Blairgowrie or I or something would be in at 9,000. And Jack would say, say to the pedigree man, another one away to a commercial head, you know, come on, you pedigree fellows. So, so um, but, but that was the, the driver. And it still is, you know, our sales the other day with a great, uh, you know, uh, uh, people who do a fantastic job of producing, You know, suckle calves, fat, you know, commercial fat cattle were really, um, you know, very game and were certainly willing to give a good price to, uh, you know, improve their business
0: yeah yeah indeed and said the Charolais did take that stronghold and, and uh and still are as you said there's still a good trade for the shareholders just recently and let's just talk about one ball i was at that sale the mary director who sort of jumped the numbers quite a way up there made fifty six thousand, and then uh,
1: for, uh, there was a lot of semen sold for, for, from them um but uh no i think uh, it was a very exciting day you you were there at that sale anyway i was yes yeah that's right. so that's uh that was in uh, Eighty
0: nine. No, and it's a director of fantastic bull. Well, and Esmo, of course, a wizard in there, and had a fantastic yeah. uh, uh, lineup of all the champions that year. And Esmo's yeah. been a you know, paramount yeah. to the, the sales in Perth, yeah. hasn't he, for a long time?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I think that. I mean, one people say you know, what was one, what are your know, memorable moments? And one definitely was when, when he entered. I'm pretty sure it's forty five bulls. And not only entered them, but brought them and yeah. uh, 42, I think, were sold through the ring and the other three were sold outside. And it, it's, that is just the most incredible feat. Um, and, uh, and what's also, to think, is, you know, there was a market there for that number of bulls. You know, so. uh,
0: the thing is, David, now, it's because he, he is still bringing them, isn't he? I mean, it's we're talking 30 odd years later and he's still turning on not with two or three, but with big numbers and, and great mm-hmm. bulls.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it, you, you, you know, fine, uh, whether it's in the cattle world or the sheep world, beef or dairy cattle or sheep, uh, uh, you get herds or flocks that are very good at, uh, that produce consistently bulls that go and do well. And of course, is right up there in that because, you know, the, 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 the Merdy bulls, all the sort of great top price bulls that were handled had mm-hmm. made dates somewhere and um Ezra was just absolutely an um, uh, incredible breeder. He was an amazing knowledge of the, the 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 breed and of course his veterinary work too, you know, was um so he he really understood cattle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a, a long spell. You well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had fifteen thousand, you know, the other day for a bull, and was speaking about eighty nine and nineteen eighty nine, and he was selling way before that. So yeah, it's a great spell.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, yourself, you've sold, I think, Charolais up to a hundred thousand, Suffolk's to seventy five thousand, I think. I mean, you've had had your share of of, of flying um, prices.
1: I have. I've been really lucky to have been in the box with some, you know, some of these big-priced beasts. But, you know, the, I suppose the most um, exciting ones, uh, sales are the ones where there's a high, a good clearance and a high average, you know, are, are the sales really you want to be in a month. And I suppose one was really lucky to be around in, when, when the Charlotte numbers were big, big teams of bulls selling, averaging really high figures. And the same, you know, with Sims, Limbs, and then, of course, the Angus thing really heated up. And it's great to see the the whole thing turning round. You know, as I said, Angus, were down to about 20-odd bulls now. They're up to 150, 180, and short horns are way up in numbers. And, uh, yeah, you've heard of sure, but the best sales... I, I always went back home uh, happiest when uh, when high percentage sold for good average sure. and uh, and the money spread around the people, you know, so that, sure, was, sure. that was always the fun sales. You know.
0: Indeed. And we move on to the business side of it. I think Jack stepped down to become a consultant and really retired and it was your turn to step in there as, as managing director. When would that be?
1: that was just 90, late 1990 uh when this you know there was quite a change there so i became uh, uh I, but the united options at that point was uh divided into two divisions western and and eastern so i was involved in the uh the eastern side uh and then as um, it was actually in Thompson. Uh, left that I was uh, asked to become acting managing director and then uh, I got the full-time job uh, not long after that so it's been um, it's it was quite yeah it was a very exciting time because that was just literally the new market had been completed the first sales as you remember there were in 1990 so it was at that time I came on um, at, at hunting
0: tower and were you involved in the, in the design and construction of hunting yeah. tower? because it was a fantastic um, market a huge market and very well designed wasn't it
1: yeah it was uh I was was well, I was part of the the group that uh, designed it yeah it was it was a a, a cracking facility and uh, a big, you know, it was it was uh, you know big pl- plenty of room about it, and yeah, the design. I mean, it worked very well for the commercial stock, and uh, you know, it was a, such a size we could do commercial and pedigree at, at the same time, which uh, you know was, was, was good.
0: And geographically situated well as well of course and and, and we move on I mean, hunting tower flourished but uh to the beginning of, of the millennium there that i think ua got it uh, well the, the market got into some troubles one sort or another and, and was bought by a holding company but then yourself and a few others got involved and, and uh and did a, yeah. a management buyout is that the right, yeah. the
1: right word well that's right what happened was that uh, the company went uh in the 90s uh, on to the aim the aim market we um, were they one of the first companies in Scotland, to start the alternative investment market. So it wasn't fully listed in the stock market uh, on the full list, but it was uh, on this alternative. And uh, basically, it was a question of uh, the, it, it, it became obvious that uh, our land holdings, um, at, at particularly Stirling, uh, Perth and Inverness were extremely valuable. And uh, we became uh, the targets for takeover. Uh, bid. So that's exactly what happened. And we had a managed, uh, sell out, um, one, uh, to a company, uh, a land company. And the land company basically, uh, uh, were, they weren't interested in sort of buying a livestock marketing company. They were after the land to develop. But they said that they would, uh, build a new market at sterling And uh, then after that transaction went through, they gave, Uh, Myself and uh, two colleagues, uh, Neil McLean and Robin Tuch, who, like myself, had started off from school with United Auctions, the chance to do a management buyout, uh, that was about 16 years ago. And uh, then... we we ran that uh, from our new the new market at um, sterling and um then uh, we had got the chance to we were tenants at that point but then our landlords um actually went into administration so uh, we got the chance to buy at the sterling market from uh, the administrators and uh, so we got uh, that and we bought the other markets um as well uh, we, so we've got Huntley Market up in Aberdeenshire, which is a, a, a good, a good, busy, it's a weekly market. And then we've got our seasonal markets, uh, which United Auctions own at Dolmalli and, and at Laird. And then we have got three markets on the West Coast on, on sites which we rent in Isla, Tyree and, and South East. So we're still very well spread out um, uh, throughout the country. Yeah. yeah.
0: The, the Perth bull sales moved to Stirling, and it carried on running as the Perth bull sales for a while until it got uh, got itself bedded in, didn't it?
1: That's that's absolutely right. Um, we we had uh, we opened in in two oh nine, and we had our first sales then. And I have to say, they've been a, a great uh, success. Um, as you know, the 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 Stirling area, there's a lot of grass and livestock in, in that area, suckler cows, and uh, the transfer, you know, d- did uh, you know what worked, worked really well. And, uh, it's really pleasing to see the new team, because as you know, uh, uh, Neil, Robin and I came out of the company, of six years ago and sold to the management, the new management buyout, um, team. And, uh, they're doing a great job with their sales and their commercial sales. And it's really good to see a whole lot of new auctioneers are, uh, and, and, and young auctioneers selling uh, both the commercial stock and and indeed the, um, the pedigree stock.
0: Well, I've spoken to a couple of those young auctioneers on this podcast before, and they all hold you in great uh, in great esteem. And you also mentioned, of course, another great young auctioneer would be Scott Donaldson, who's now doing well at Carlisle. There, so uh, yes, they, uh, you, uh,
1: yeah. Well, Scott started again with us from uh, school, yeah, and uh, doing yeah do, 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 doing a great uh, job he's a young. Different grief at that point so um, he's uh, yeah it is uh, yeah so uh, no we've got a lot of good it's terrific to see the um, youth uh, I was involved in the Institute of Auctioneers and I was on the education uh, committee for that before I went on to take further office in the Institute and and uh, you know at times we're, you know, the industry was struggling for um, young auctioneers but no, I have to say that uh, we've got a, a terrific team uh, at our various centres, and uh, it's really good to, to 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 see that new generation.
0: And, and obviously, as I said, they look and learn. We all live, learn by looking and learning. But what advice would you give to youngsters coming into the industry now? I mean, the speed that you sell the bulls, is it about being personable? Is it—is it about knowing the livestock, or is it just learning on the hoof?
1: Well, I think that we, when I started, anyway, we did our, our correspondence course, I was reading university for, um, to become, uh, you know, to come, become fellows of the Institute. And now that it's a much more formalized, um, system and, uh, and the, uh, which is, um, Going really well, I think. And uh, but no, it's a combination of that. But it's, it's got a uh, it's a determination, you know, to to uh, an enthusiasm. You know, you got to remember uh, some days when you're selling, it's like uh, when you're farming or when you're a journalist or whatever. Some days are more difficult than others, but um, you've got to really uh, you've got to really want to be in the business and uh, be keen and uh, and you've got to be interested in 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 people. Uh, knowledge of stocks obviously crucial, you know, uh, as well. These, these are the things, but uh, it's uh, it's really important. And I think you know, you mentioned about some of these sales that were great prices, but uh, the real test. Is when the sales are not going as well, and uh, you're, you're there to try and hold the whole thing together, and that, that that's the real test. So. Yeah,
0: real test. And as I said, very personable that you are, and and knowing, <laughs> and knowing all the people, and um, moving amongst them really, and people take yeah. that that respect, and then those great. Mm-hmm. Uh, auctioneers now and uh, and you retired now David? I know you do a bit of fishing because Fletch mentioned you one time you, you like, like to get out and do a bit of fishing. Do you still hold a few other roles? I know you're still a consultant in, in the industry. Actually.
1: Yeah I'm still involved with uh, United Auctions um, as a consultant and uh, I'd still do some valuations and uh, it's, uh, work for them which I, I really enjoy and um, I am still I'm sort of trustee for R S A B I, but uh, okay. I've given the chair of that up. I've, I've, I've just um, the past chairman of that organization uh, which is um terrific uh, they've it's, we've just literally celebrated our 125th year of being um RSABI is equivalent to um rabbi in England and uh, they're doing a great job and they're sort of helping between um 800 to a thousand farmers uh, farming families every year um in, in various supports with whether it's emotional practical or Financial help. So we've been very involved in that. And uh, so, and I've got with my wife and I bought a farm when I retired from the company uh, six years ago. So we've got um, some some uh, North Country Cheviots of the lair type, of course, and then we've got a few short horns, uh, beef short horns uh as uh, as well so that's keeping us out of mischief (laughs)
0: excellent and you've been rewarded with a few awards in the industry i know it was a nfu scottish ambassador award but uh you have certainly been recognized for the great work that you've done as well
1: Uh, well it's it's kind of you to say that but it's a sort of real team you know it's a teamwork um effort and uh we've had um, them it's a privilege to be so part of the UA team because they they are that you know it's it's a, a combination. You when you think of a market, it's like lots of businesses. You've got the, the the yard side, the office side. You've got the admin side and the auction side, and uh, it's it's all it's all about uh, teamwork. Um, and uh, that is uh, so. The result is uh, I would say you know for lots of incredible experiences, but uh, I think when I think. Look back at it. Um, and, uh, I'm, these are still involved in some way, but, you know, it's been very privileged to meet to as many people from all sorts of walks of life. Um, but they're all enthusiasts, whether they're saying you know, fat sheep or, or Pedigree Bulls or, or Tops at Lair, or Domali, they're all uh, real enthusiasts. And actually, to be amongst that and be working with uh, groups of people like that it, it is a great privilege. And it's been, um, you know, I've a, a sort of really enjoyed my career and, and, and involvement with the industry.
0: As you said, job satisfaction. And, uh, but I do believe at UA they have the full records of just about all the sales going the back of the way and marked catalogues. Is all that digitalized now? Is, is there no, people get access it, to that? Is it- been made public
1: well what um we have we, we made the decision to put the company archives to perth city uh the perth city archive which is a fantastic new modern facility which is storing you know the the, the books and papers um and uh, things like that uh, memorabilia in, in a really good condition so we have the sale catalogs going back to 1892 i think it is um, with all the prices marked and um, so it's very interesting so you can see the trends you know there of the start because we started with selling short horns and tiny wee thin catalogs and before long you get into the 1900s they get thicker and then they get thinner as the popularity wanes, and then get thicker again so it's like a graph and so these are the most amazing books and I mean we did I was speaking at a discussion society some years ago and I pulled one out and uh um from 1898 I think it was and five of the consigners um were still consigners to United auctions wow Wow. Yeah, which is uh, quite amazing really A very long connection with the industry yeah. that's
0: incredible David it's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you and I'm sure our listeners will think the same and I wish you well in your retirement although you don't sound like you're fully retired but uh, <laughs> very grateful for you coming on to Top Lines and Tales, uh, David thank well, you well
1: thank, thank you very much for all you're doing it's really important that this sort of thing's recorded for the future yeah thank Sorry. you
0: that's kind of you thank you David that's brilliant bye bye Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tails, and uh, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors Harbro for their continued support, and now as we move into spring, with turnout on the horizon, now might be the time to get those magnesium buckets in stock, and Harbro triple mag buckets are great quality with multiple sources of magnesium to ensure your cows are covered against the risk of grass staggers, so why not look out Harbro on the internet or contact your local representative for more information on that and their extensive range of products nutritional advice. And while you're looking on the internet, don't forget to tune into our Top Lines and Tales Facebook page, where you'll find more information about this and other episodes and some photographs to back up uh, all these things. And it's a great place of interest. So if you're not a member of the Top Lines and Tales community, please, uh, please dive in there and join in.